Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all of your support. At MyPillow, we not only have pillows, but we have hundreds of products, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We're offering the best gifts ever for the best prices ever. For example, we have this exclusive offer on the standard size MyPillows, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. We also have the queen size MyPillows, regularly $79.98, now only $24.98 with your promo code. And we have the king size, regularly $89.98, now only $29.98 with your promo code. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RENEGADE or call 800-889-6817 to receive this exclusive offer. Free Talk Live. I, I think, I think here we go. I think we, we might be live. I Bengals pressed, win! Bengals win! Bengals win! I pressed a button and... Well, I can hear things now. How about you? I, I, I just realized when Richie brought, uh, walked in uh, that, uh, that the Super Bowl is tonight. So. The superb owl, yes. <laughs> the big game. The big game. <laughs> well, it is free. But I'm not advertising it, so I can okay. say the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, okay. I just don't like to give them any free advertising, so I say the superb owl. I, but everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. I know, but it makes me feel better. I just have no interest in those two teams. Um, yeah, so. me neither. I no horse in that race at Does all. Does anyone? I do have a horse in the race, uh, in so much as the L.A. Rams beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I am from Tampa Bay. Yeah. And yeah. so it made me a little sad. But you, Florida, so you're, you're spoiled. <laughs> you're so spoiled. you got like three football teams in Florida, so like... You know, yep. if if a but, Florida team isn't in the playoffs in any given year, that's pretty sad. Right. Um, our our teams in Florida, now that Marino has uh, moved on and retired, kind of all are pretty mediocre. And, and of course, uh, Brady, too. Brady's now retired, too. So, yeah, you know, who cares yeah. about our teams? However, you are from a state where one team is sufficient for everybody in that state and that team and some. is right everybody loves the pack the packus the pack how do you say it the packus packus um and i they're singular in so much as they're the only team in the nfl where you can own a share yes that is correct they, you can buy a t-shirt from any team you want a cap from any team you want but only one team can you buy a share like a uh you know a, i don't know are they they're not for profit they're not a business well, share, right because the green bay packers are a non-profit organization uh, making them in my opinion the most libertarian <laughs> of the of the nfl teams because they are not owned by one singular owner uh, and of course, they also don't. Perhaps they're the most democratic. They don't as frequently, Wait a minute. Wait, uh, if ever. Saying- hang on, hang on. They don't as frequently, if ever, uh, rape taxpayers for things like a new stadium. Uh, now they have taken some taxpayer money from time to time here and there, so they're not completely, you know, one hundred percent philosophically libertarian. But they're the closest thing you have in the NFL because number one, they can't leave. 
because all the owners will vote them down. Yep. Right. Uh, you don't get any sort of profit sharing when you buy a share because the corporation is a nonprofit corporation. All you have is a voting share. You have a voting share is, yep. is what you have. So however Class many shares, you, yep. yeah. However many, and you can go and they give you ticket. You get a free tour of the state. You know all that kind of fun stuff if yeah, you want to do that. Um, but. Uh, outside, and also, uh, any of the merchandise that you buy specifically from the team goes to the team. So they have uh, their own pro shop, their own website, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the profits of that goes to the team itself, rather than if you buy something at like NFL.com for any other team. The profit first goes to the NFL, NFL. and then your team gets a slice of it later on down the road. Yep. So, I just want to take issue of you saying like collective ownership is the most libertarian thing. As if a single owner of a single team is somehow not libertarian per it, se. It is in when they get into bed with the government and start raping taxpayers for stadiums and stuff like okay. that. that. That is definitely not libertarian because, of course... If I may make a defense yes. um, of t- teams. Now, I'm not saying that this is good, right, or just. I'm simply making a defense that uh, pretty much everybody has to agree to some extent has some validity. If you own a business that is right next door to my football stadium where my NFL team plays, that business does staggeringly well compared to, say, a hot dog stand five miles away. Correct. And presumably the property around uh, the property that business is in and the property that surrounds the uh, the stadium and all that stuff commands a higher rate. Yeah, the the tax rate is significantly higher, and therefore the government gets more money from the simple fact that my team exists where it exists. Yeah, and so businesses, lots of people make lots of money, and the government makes more money based on the fact that my team exists. So if there was an equilibrium um, where we could find out how much more money does the government make as a result of my team existing in a spot, yeah, how much of that money, up to one hundred percent. Do I deserve as the thing that makes that so? And that's kind of my question surrounding it. Yeah. Are you saying I, like a feudal lord with the stadium collecting rents from the you know subsidiary farms I mean, around? No, it, I'm it, saying that uh, that the government charges the business that's right next door to me significantly higher property tax right. than um, they do a business that is five miles away because of its proximity to me. Right. And I am creating that value, not the government. Understood. And and the business owner, frankly, isn't creating that value either. Um, I'm creating the value that comes from the tax, not the what the business owner does. Okay. The the hot dogs uh, purveyor that's right next door. Um, He's he's creating the value of hot dogs and, you know, really great hot dogs and all that stuff. But and he's paying the tax. But the, the amount that is in excess of what normal a normal piece of property like that would go for is kind of the value that I have created for the government. Okay. And I contend that the government owes me that value. Some sort of rebate for bringing a team to town. Or a it, town yeah. Well, and, that, and that's kind of how it works, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we, we don't know, but we don't know. I mean, like, we'll never get the books. <laughs> well, and, and the thing about uh, the one team that is owned by individuals as opposed to uh, one person is that being they, because they are a nonprofit corporation, they're the only NFL team with their books open. So this right. is the only evidence you have as to how the internal financial workings of an NFL team might look like. So all of that is dependent on this one team existing. Now, I think we all agree in an actual free market, sports are going to exist. Yes. Right? Uh, because it's just entertainment, right? Sports entertainment exists, and it just, you know, it'll be there. So in 
an actual free market, what we would see is probably a blend of these two, maybe hybrid, where it's like partially owned by the community, and then there's like one guy who's like sort of the angel investor. If the team needs something, you know, he comes in and throws down for a new stadium or something like that. I think rich people are generally bored, and this is like one of their hobbies. Right? I think that people buy NFL teams to make money. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But they but they usually have a and passion for it. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to be a sports team owner. Right. I mean, it's, you know. So you would still have the ownership. And the only thing that would happen with the rich people absent the, the state is they would have they would take on more risk. Yes. Right. By building the stadiums or yes. whatever. Well, and also because they're not paying as much tax in theory at least the team or the businesses surrounding the team as mark was illustrating uh, if those folks aren't paying tax well then you know they're making more revenue creating more jobs you know, more opportunity etc and so on yeah in short ladies and gentlemen i hope your team wins the super bowl good luck yeah all right uh, this is free talk live we haven't mentioned that <laughs> In mm-hmm. case you were wondering what the heck you're listening to, the telephone number here is 603-283-6160. The phones are open right now. If you want to join us, you can talk about whatever is on your mind. We wanted to get the superb owl crap out of the way <laughs> here at the top of the show. Uh, speaking of stuff I want to get out of the way, uh, this is from Friday. I meant to mention it last night, but we didn't get to it. Uh, but on Friday, uh, 13 years ago Friday, Satoshi Nakamoto published the first forum post introducing bitcoin what date was that uh what was friday the so today's the um, 13th yeah, 12th, the 11th 11th friday the 11th friday the 11th 13 years ago but bitcoin was created on january the first right so this was the first promotion this was thereof. the first like hey guys i got something over here yeah you know you want to buy an s right it's the working. guy from sesame street you <laughs> don't want to buy a satoshi Excellent. Uh, the subtitle or subheading By is... By the way, um, just a little uh, l- you know, little trivia here. The smallest unit of a Bitcoin is called a Satoshi. However, it was not called that when it first was rolled out what by Satoshi. Was what was it called? It was just it didn't have an 10 millionth of a Bitcoin. Oh, interesting. Um, and right now, a Bitcoin is the most valuable currency unit on the planet, and people are trying to... You know, tear it down to micro bits and nano bits in order for people to understand it a lot better. Yeah. Because, you know, there's not many things in the world you can buy with one Bitcoin. Yeah. It, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency generally exists uh, outside of the imperial measurement system. And so if you aren't familiar with the metric system, you'll have a more difficult time understanding cryptocurrency <laughs> if you don't know your decimals and divisions of 10. Well, but the dollar, strangely, the dollar has decimals. Um, we call them cents, but. You know, it's it's got them. Yeah, it's still imperial-based currency, or measured currency, anyway. Okay. Uh, 603-283-6160. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about this 13-year anniversary of Satoshi's first post. And a few other interesting things. Richard Rich has brought in some fun stuff. More coming up. everyone smiles welcome to free talk live no this is not fantasy island is it fantasy island where he says smiles i was trying to yes think of, yes it is you know uh, and and we don't have herve valachez here either to go deep plane deep plane what was the name of the guy the tall man ricardo montalban ricardo montalban mr rourke. Right. Yeah. mr rourke he also played Khan in uh, the star trek 
uh, Wrath of Khan. And did a fine job of it. I mean, it's still many, many Trekkies will still claim that Star Trek II uh, is the very best. And many a meme has been made out of Khan. As and well. many will claim that Star Trek One, the motion sickness, was the worst. The motion sickness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. As long as we're on pop culture before we actually go into the show, uh, the number is 603 283. We haven't started the show yet. Well, we have. Um, Wait, say, the, say the number again. I'm sorry. 603-283-6160. And we've got to call and hold. We'll get to. Oh. Um, I just want to say from a pop culture perspective uh, that currently Star Wars is kicking Star Trek's ass. In what manner? In uh, their television offerings. So the Mandalorian slash the Book of Boba Fett is far superior to Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. So the current with Boba Fett, man. The, the current television offerings from both franchises, uh, yeah, Star Wars is definitely far superior to Star Trek at this point. Well, They're cranking them out. I've seen all the original Star Treks. I've mm-hmm. seen um, all the Deep Space Nines and the Next Generation or New Generation, yep, one, of yep. the, one of the two. Yep. Um, Voyager, all that stuff. I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where I, I stopped. Yeah. End of story. Um, and I've seen some of the new Star Wars stuff, and some's been better and some's been worse. I did watch the first couple or three episodes of uh, Boba Fett. I thought it was worth the watch, um, but, you know. I got time. Boba Fett might have been my least favorite offering so far. Okay. What do you like? uh, Between Star Wars, I mean, do you agree that Star Wars is kicking Star Trek's ass currently? Um, I can't answer that because I don't watch Star Trek. Okay. All right. So you're a a Wars guy, not a Trek guy. Okay. Got you. Yeah. That's fine. And and for me, I would would call myself a Star Wars guy if I had to make a choice between the two. I'm really a Marvel guy. Yeah. But, um... You know, if I had to pick between the two, I would certainly say Star Wars was much more motivating to me as a kid than Star Trek was. Hmm. Not to say that I didn't have my fair share of you know Star Trek toys and things like that. Yeah, I I, I was Trek for the longest time. Oh, really? Uh, particularly with the launch of the Next Generation, like when I was I don't remember how old. Whenever that thing came out, it was like I'm like, oh yes, a new Star Trek. That's awesome. And so they hooked me in with the Next Generation. I grew up, of course, watching the original series in syndication, all the reruns. You know, every night, sometimes twice a night, depending yeah. on, you know, what station you tuned into. But, you know, the the original series, there was only so much material there, you know? Yeah, I mean, you'd only watch uh, uh, James T. Kirk wrestle a guy in a rubber lizard suit so often. Yeah, or, you know, be into the Green Ladies or whatever, right? So, uh, and then, I, for one, liked the Green Ladies, you know? They had me convinced. Yeah, I'm colorblind when it comes to that kind of <laughs> stuff. You know, as long as they're hot, who cares, right? Well, you, you guys know? were probably watching it on black and white TVs anyway, so. That's funny. Which really messed with me when they had the episode about the guy who is half white and half black versus the guy who's half black and half white. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because they look the same to you until, until they didn't. Until like you kind <laughs> of you're like, oh wait a minute, he's white on one side and on the left side, and not the and the other yeah. guy is white on the other side, right? Until it does you realize put, they're different. It, well, and, and I mean, if you consider when Gene Roddenberry wrote these uh, shows, it does put into perspective sort of the ludicrousness of. Um, you know, racism and, and that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, let's switch gears. Let's go to the phones. We've got Robert calling from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you, sir. Um, yes. You know, I, I, I was thinking to myself, the most important priority really is, is telomere extension to talk about that a little bit because, yes. I mean, the most, you know, the most in- important priority for humans right now should be telomere extension. Now, for our Absolutely. listeners who don't know, the telomere extension is what? <laughs> 
Uh, Mark, tell them. Probably Robert should tell them. But I mean, basically, my understanding is is it's a uh, some little flagellum hanging off of uh, hanging inside of a cell that uh, the longer it is, the more the more times the cell can divide. Therefore, the longer you will live, and the shorter it is, that the fewer times that the cell can divide, and the less time you have. Robert, tendentially, that's correct. And and about twenty years ago, there was research done at the NIH. And they, it was from extraction of, of um, from cancer cells, and uh, it, it was it was with that extraction it was possible to get the ends of the telomeres to re-ravel and extend. The only problem was that the um, cancer can be carried over, and then of course what happens then is that the ends of the telomeres extend too much, and they they just over overextend and over they kind of explode with growth after a while. But to some degree in certain ones, not all of them, but you only need one, you only need to get the cancer started once and right. that causes a problem. So the research has to be finished. That big of a deal. As far as I can think, it's not that big of a deal. But in other words, it can be done. And, so and, and what this is basically problem. is, what you're saying the most important thing is, is in- increasing human lifespans. Why do you think that's so? Um, because... If you if you um, re-rattle the ends of the telomeres, you, you're solving the problem of aging. And when the when the ends of the telomeres kind of dissipate and, and fade, that's aging. And aging yes. eventually causes weaknesses and um, genetic genetic weaknesses. And then, of course, the onset of all different kinds of degenerative diseases and eventually death. The last five years is called a terminal drop period. So and here's the period. Here's how I'd answer that, Robert. I'd say that, um, you know, that uh, there's very intelligent people right now working on all kinds of things. And presumably those intelligent people are also working on the extension of age. And they're very motivated to do so because they themselves are aging, just like all of us that are listening right now. And um, if we can have intelligent people working on this, the longer they live, the more they can work on it because it's what's difficult to do is to transmit all the innate knowledge or innate is probably not the right word, but all the uh, included knowledge that say a successful genius, great man doctor has that's working on this to the next one who's supposed to take over yeah, in the corporate world. They call that tribal knowledge, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Some guy gets fired and he had all the knowledge. Yeah. Right. Nobody knows how to do what Bob did. Institutional Bob knowledge fired, is so another you, term. Yeah. Right, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So I think that that's what it's important for is, is that if we can have, if well, if we could get twenty more year work years out of the great people, the top ten percent of our uh, workers out there, yeah. then the human race jumps forward. Uh, you know, two decades, three decades. Robert. Yes, yes, absolutely. But you see, the problem is that it, it costs money to, to organize it, and it costs, it's organizational strength as well. And if the government doesn't support it, who's going to do that? Because it's not going to be profitable until, just, until such time as it's finished. Colleges. Yeah. And thanks for the call tonight, Robert. We appreciate it. Um, any private entity with an interest. There are solutions to funding research outside of governments. Uh, but, of course, governments won't get out of the way for most of that, too. Frankly, the NI, um, NIH uh, is... I mean, you know, they did this research some time ago that he mentioned, but lots of this sort of research has been done. The NIH isn't the one carrying this ball. I just, I, I mean, just want to tell our listeners that a telomere is the end of a chromosome. Telomeres are made of repetitive sequences of non-coding DNA that protect the com- chromosome from damage. Each time a cell divides, the telomeres become shorter. Eventually, the telomeres become so short 
that the cell can no longer divide, and that's where you know death comes in, right? Yep. Aging and death. 603-283-6160. Are your telomeres long enough? What did she say? Give us a call. Let us know. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Yes, welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Free Talk Live. Captain's Log, Stardate, 02132022. I am your host, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Reggie Rich and Mark. Welcome back, Mark, who pops in from time to time. Yep. Every now and again, on occasion. Whenever I can, whenever I'm not legally disallowed. Periodically. Within certain time intervals, yes, or just bringing newspapers periodically. Eh, whatever, whatever. We're glad to have you, of course. Uh, somebody in the chat room says Mark is back. Nice, welcome back. And then somebody else said the hosts don't read my chats here, so I just thought I'd read that <laughs> just to prove them wrong. Wait, wait, how much have you sent to our super donate button? Don't they have those in like some of the chats out there? Oh, that just tip we dot, don't have that, right? Tip.lrn.fm might still be working. Yeah, but we wouldn't know. No, if no you I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, uh, Mr. Freeman would would know if. I, I, oh, maybe not. I can tell you that the uh, the that the pretty lady with the very large personalities that uh, you're sitting there watching her tri- Twitch channel isn't going to read your crap either unless you send her uh, fifty dollars or something. Oh, that's true. That's true. Just and saying. I'm just, I'm just more old school. Like pick up the phone and call. There's that. There's that. That's why we you want to be heard? Number. We call it Free Talk Live. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking about the number is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Okay. All right. Uh, All together now. Same time. Uh, Payments are easier than ever, though, for things like, oh, well, just about anything. I mean, we saw the trucker protest, the GoFundMe was taken down or, or whatever page it was, and it's been replaced with something called t- Tally, oh, okay. Tally-O, Tally-I-O, okay. something like that. Well, you can go look. Uh, it, I, I did look earlier. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and, of course, so now folks can donate to them using cryptocurrency. Well, Bitcoin.com, of course, is your best source for learning. About cryptocurrency, you can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. And once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this important and world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about crypto, you can check out news.bitcoin.com. 
and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. Speaking of which, this article about Satoshi and his 13-year anniversary of the first, we'll say, public publishing, uh, his first forum post. Finally, uh, first promotion. First promotion, yes. Public promotion, I guess. Uh, happened is from Bitcoin.com by a fantastic writer named Jamie Redmond. Uh, I just want to give him a shout out because I read a bunch of his stuff and he's pretty great at what he does. So 13 years ago, the inventor of the Bitcoin network, Satoshi Nakamoto, published the first forum post on the P2P Foundation website. The forum post called Bitcoin Open Source Implementation of P2P Currency introduced the eCash system to members of the advocacy and research forum focused on peer-to-peer dynamics in society. That's a long way to say some smart people on the internet got together, and he was like, hey, you guys are smart people. Check out my idea. I see. And so he made the post. Yeah, most people who saw the, even got to see the original posts, you know, all the promotions that were done by the the Bitcoin people, most of them just ignored them still. And then a few got involved, and a few of them uh, managed to keep some of the Bitcoin they mined early, because a lot of people just mined this stuff as a joke, right. you know, and then tossed out the laptop it went on. Um, well, and the important people who took interest in it, of course, the cypherpunks, right? And they, but most of them tossed it out too. <laughs> a, a lot of them did, but there was a, a few of them that paid very close and good attention to it, uh, and they sort of were of the opinion that something like this fell in line with their philosophies. Well. Um, I, I think that that's true. When we found out about it, it was almost two years after um, Satoshi had created Bitcoin. So, like 2010 or so? 20, what, late 2010. Yeah. and Very late 2010. And we were the first mass media in the world yeah. that, uh, that promoted it. And in fact, I was a listener at that time, and I looked into it, and I hemmed and hawed, right. and I, I took some time, and a year went by before I actually bought any, and now I'm kicking myself for like... You know, I could have gone without you know one more six pack, or <laughs> right. I could have I could have not bought that one bag of weed or whatever. Right? I was a musician. Doing right. A musician I mean, when thing. we talked, when we started talking about Bitcoin, it was it barely had a price yep. at all. Um, and uh, I know that the time the the second time we talked about it, it was at twenty seven cents. Um, I remember that number. And so you know, you quite literally could have taken the money for a case of beer, yeah. and at this point, be able to buy a mansion with it. Yeah. Well, or uh, when the Bitcoin pizza was purchased, right? right. Twenty thousand uh, like Bitcoin. Yeah, that, that was twenty thousand Bitcoin, and that yeah. was significantly. It was, it's you know, notable time period before we talked. That's about. the time that I think about when I think about kicking myself, my sure. past self, for not having done a thing. It was really hard to get at that point. I mean, it was the it was, it was difficult, but. Anyway, I did say on the air at that time, if it's worth a dollar, it's worth a million. If it does what it says it's going to do, meaning that you can transfer um, this uncounterfeitable, unhackable unit from one person to another on the internet. If it's worth a dollar, it's worth a million. Now, I don't know whether I'm – I'd love to hear the calculation on this because one thing I couldn't predict at the time was the fracturing and all the other creations of all the other uh, tokens and and coins and things like that. But if we took the market cap for crypto and divided it by 26 million, 
So this, I mean, surely somebody could do this math right now. I can't. Um, and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> uh, then are we at a million dollars per coin? Okay. That's what my question would be. Yeah. I got. I found Bitcoin a different direction than anything else. Do you remember um, SETI at home? Like I do, yeah. The SETI your, search for extraterrestrial. You use your computer's processing power yeah, yeah. to find that. Right. And so like, I was aware of that, and then there was like folding at home, which I had running on a PS3, which was, you know, we're going to use your computer's processing power to do like protein foldings. Yeah. yeah. Right. right, yeah. And then, like, Bitcoin came along. It was like, we're going to use your computer's processing power to mine this thing. Right. And so I had, like, it was like, oh, nine, somewhere along the line, like the beta version of Bitcoin. And I left it running. I'm like, okay, I'm going to contribute to the network. But folding at home, like, it shows you how many proteins you folded or whatever. And, like, I left Bitcoin running for, like, two weeks and got nothing. Like, I'm turning this off. Yeah. I uh, I was an old school mm, downloader, if you will. Uh, okay. Think Napster. Sure. And so... Because of that, I was like, "Oh, sweet! I can get you know files, you know, and they're shared yeah. with me, and this is great." And so I already sort of understood how like a magnet torrent worked, yeah, you know. And so when this Bitcoin thing came along, and they started talking about how it's decentralized and distributed amongst like all of the computers running nodes, and like you can be a node too. And I'm like, "Wouldn't you like to be a node?" Yeah, too? I'm like, "This makes a whole lot of sense." And so it was because of my understanding of file sharing that I immediately gravitated towards. So crypto. I'll back it up a little more too, because for me the 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 concept of like peer to peer currency first entered my brain with like the Dreamcast VMUs Ooh. as a gamer. Wow! Because you could connect two VMUs together, right, and share files or in game stuffs back and forth between like yours and your friend's save file. I went ooh. This could be applied to money. Like if I had money in my account, I just connect whatever to your account and boom, I can transfer money that way. So 13 years goes by and what do we have? We have literally thousands of different cryptocurrencies, uh, several, we'll call them platforms now. Bitcoin's one, Ethereum's another one. There's a bunch of other ones. There's Ethereum competitors now, which uh, tokens invented on Ethereum can uh, bounce between chains and from one chain to another chain and all that fun stuff. So complicated. There's several different types of cryptocurrencies out there. There are There's an entire business section globally. Uh, section's the wrong word. Industry is the right word. There's an entire industry surrounding cryptocurrency now, 13 years later, where, you know, many businesses have come. Uh, some of them have gone, but there is an entire industry surrounding that. And coming up, we'll tell you about the latest potential Bitcoin paradise that is calling itself Satoshi Island. 603-283-6160. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening tonight to this edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. 
in the studio tonight. It's myself, the captain, Rich Rich, and Mark. I did a quick back of the napkin calculation on w- how accurate my statement at this point is that uh, w- probably 2011, I said, if Bitcoin is worth a dollar, it's worth a million. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know whether that statement is ever going to be true, as in BTC, Bitcoin, the, the current thing, but there's been so much growth in the entire cryptosphere. And I would say, by and large, because of the small blockers and World War Geek yeah. uh, that went on three or four years ago. But whatever the case may be, I did some back-of-the-napkin calculations, and the statement would, you know, t- it's $2.6 trillion is the um, market cap. Market cap, and then there, if you take that by twenty six Bitcoin, twenty six million Bitcoins, do the division. It's one hundred thousand dollars. So I'm still off by a factor in my uh, claim. Yeah. But everybody who listened to me in 2011 is still not uh, unhappy. <laughs> not mad. <laughs> They're <Yeah>. not mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's not an unreasonable thought to think BTC could reach a hundred thousand dollars. Well, if it reached a hundred thousand um, dollars, I don't know how to figure that into the total market cap. Yeah, um, but you know, it would it would increase that number, but it would still not be at a million. Okay, all right, I got you. Because I am right, backing yeah. off the statement that BTC Bitcoin will be worth one million dollars per Bitcoin. There are plenty of uh, maximalists and small blockers out there that believe, in fact. Um, that will be the case. Mm-hmm. I am not making that statement. I'm not saying that it's not true either. What about a hundred thousand? I think it'll hit a hundred thousand at some point. I just I think that's inevitable. Richie, I would not back away from the million dollar mark. Seven figures per a Bitcoin is still reasonable in my mind. But uh-huh. I'm a, I'm a maximalist. So Are you really? For the most part, yeah. huh? Just BTC. You have not. You have not. Um, done any maximalist type things that I'm aware of. You know, I know that you have. Uh, we've discussed different types of cryptocurrency, just you right. and me, you know, talking, you know, show prep, stuff like that. So it didn't occur to me that you were You could a be a soft maximalist, and then there's the hard maximalists, like the people that are like, you cannot speak in my presence of another cryptocurrency. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. and they, they basically- They're like religious, yeah. you know, yeah. Channeling Max Kaiser, you know, the whole shebang. Um, I will accept other cryptocurrencies for like payment, and you know, services rendered type yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like if I'm going out there to- actually like spend my dollars on crypto it's usually going to be bitcoin for investment purposes absolutely yeah well free talk live is helping to raise funds for give directly Uh, that's the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty they locate recipients in need and use mobile money to send them cash no strings attached in the past decade they've delivered 400 million dollars to over 1 million people Research shows that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, such as employment, nutrition, health, and education. Additionally, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need. Instead of relying on aid organizations, donors, or governments thousands of miles away to choose for them. Isn't this what you would prefer? Free Talk Live is matching your donations to give directly helping families in Bomei and Khalifi counties in Kenya who are in need. Free Talk Live is matching your donations up to $30,000. So head over to give.freetalklive.com and help these areas plagued by drought, floods, and food insecurity. There may not be a better way to help families in Kenya. Give.freetalklive.com. 
Um, so Give Directly is a great, great organization. I would recommend um, donating to them. We are happy to have been involved. The matching fund uh, situation, the, the matching uh, funds situation is over and give.freetalklive.com is uh, at this point not working. So uh, just letting you all know that copy was supposed to be pulled and I don't know how many times it's been read since oh. then because yeah. I haven't checked. All right. Well, thank you for the uh, management duties there, Mark. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Who's responsible for this? I'm not telling you. <laughs> but, I, well, one of the answers is Mark, right? Okay. There are other answers uh, that you can give, but ultimately when you, um, well, when you're in charge, it all flows uphill, right? Up till a certain point, in which point it all turns around and it all flows downhill. And we're not at that point. Is it lonely at the top, Mark? No, oh, I don't know about that. Are you, are you able to I can't talk to one of my best friends. So then, yes, I guess it is. Are you able to comment on the success of that program i need to get in touch with them they didn't give me they have not yet given me a number for matching um and i will be collecting that and if it if it makes you feel any better there was a mention in that ad copy of if you're feeling generous this holiday season Yes. Which I did eventually scratch out, yes, even though bad. it was well after the holiday season. Well, we extended it, so. it after, um, so <laughs> we, we first had it up to December the 31st, and then we extended it to January the 31st, because some people wanted yeah. more time to do it, whatever, they hadn't got off their duffs, and so we extended it. And we were happy to do that, but we can't just keep on extending it, otherwise people don't get their money. And so right. uh, that's it. And we'll be coming up, believe me, we will have other things that uh, we promote in the future. Maybe so it'll make more sense to you. One of the things that the creation of cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin and things like Bitcoin Cash and all the other ones too, has helped is with things like fundraisers and donations and the ability just to move funds quickly without any interference, particularly from governments and banks. You know, so if you know Bob's over here, is like, oh my gosh, uh, I need some funds. Anybody, anywhere in the world can send Bob some funds as long as they have his crypto address. So within all of that, of course, comes, and we've talked about these on Free Talk Live before, every now and again, somebody comes up with a a neat idea to fund some sort of a a crypto community, a crypto city, a crypto island. Mark, you've been involved in some of these, and so I wanted to talk about this from, it's actually out of theguardian.com. I found several articles. This is just the first one that popped up. Uh... Bitcoin paradise. Britain creates a crypto utopia in the South Pacific. Anthony Welch and partner try to woo cryptocurrency investors to regulation-free island on Vanuatu archipelago. Okay, so Uh, Vanuatu's uh, doing this. This is news to me. Another move here project for Mark to add to the list. Yeah, so I do keep a list of the projects where people suggest you move to a given location Mm -hmm. in order to achieve some more level of freedom in your life. Um, I have, uh, you know, greater and lesser critiques for each of these uh, things. At this point, I am unfamiliar with this. I can say that Vanuatu, I believe, just lost its um, passport relationship with the EU. Interesting. Are you familiar with this Anthony Welch guy? Have you heard? No, of him that before? name doesn't ring okay. a bell. That doesn't mean that he's not an important person. I just for don't know. for twelve years, Anthony Welch and his partner Teresa have been living a Robinson Crusoe life alone on a South Pacific island, mostly untouched by humanity. Welch, a retired British property investor, hopes the tranquility will soon be shattered by twenty one thousand cryptocurrency investors. He's trying to convince them to move to his island and form a regulation free crypto utopia. 
Under Welch's plan, the 3 million square meter island, which is 32 million square feet for you uh, native Englishers, uh, which is part of the Vanuatu archipelago between Australia and Fiji, uh, would be transformed from 90% undisturbed rainforest into a sustainable smart city filled with multi-story apartment blocks and offices for cryptocurrency investors from around the world. The environmentalists are going to have his head. The environmentalists um, have an interesting problem. Many of them live in uh, cold areas, areas where it snows. And this is highly unsustainable. Living in a cold Think about area? it for a second. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about New Hampshire, for instance. How much money is spent on the devastating natural disaster that we call winter <laughs> in New England every year? It's breathtaking. When you think about plow trucks and uh, shovels, snow shovels and uh, boots, and don't forget the, salt. all the salt, salt that runs yeah. into all the lakes, pollutes it, changes the environment dramatically in those lakes. Mm. Um, heat cause, causes significantly more carbon uh, distribution, car, uh, CO2 distribution than air conditioning does, like significantly more. Um, it's, it's a much bigger user of energy. And, you know, these people live there. There they sit, sanctimonious about, oh, you should do this thing or that thing. Warm. Let's bring With on the fossil global fuels. Warming. Bring on the global warming. No. Warm move to New Hampshire. You, you don't want that stuff? Move to Florida. Move to Utila. Honduras. Coming up, we will... Move to Vanuatu. Coming up, we will answer some of the basic questions about the Satoshi Island project here on Free Talk Live. Hour number two is on the way. 603-283-6160. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. Kicking off our number two. Kickoff? Did someone say something about a kickoff? I thought the Bengals won already. I'm done talking. Can we not talk about football anymore on this show? I I don't even know what the scores are. Hold on. I, I don't. I don't really want to know. 13-10 Rams at half. Uh, the only numbers that I want to worry about is giving out the telephone number. That's 603-283-6160. That's the phone number here in the studio if you want to join us. We are a live call-in talk radio program. There are some phone lines open. We've got some calls on hold. We'll get to those momentarily. But uh, if you want to join us, you know we're a 
nationally syndicated radio talk program that's also on the internet and the, some satellite stations, etc. and so on. So take advantage of the opportunity. We're one of the easiest programs, I would say, for you to get on. There is a screening process, as there is with all talk show programs, but it's ours is pretty mild. Pretty mild compared to other. So if something's on your mind, feel free. And I think that's, um, you know, when I think of calling a talk show, I often think of long waits. Yes. And Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern, these kind of shows sort of propagated this notion because, you know, they'd take one call an hour max. Yep. And uh, the vast majority of people who called in and waited three hours to be on with their, you know, favorite, you know, wham, bam, uh, talk show host never got on. Right. And so it feels a lot like a waste of time. Generally, wait times on Free Talk Live are below 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, this isn't true necessarily if, for instance, you call every night or something like that. We're going to prioritize calls from people who um whom we don't recognize their voice essentially (laughs) and uh over over um our our long timers that not to say the long timers don't get on if you listen to free talk live regularly you know they do that's true and also there is variety because there's well there's generally a, a different person in this chair every two nights or so that type of a thing so depending on who's you know in the first chair things will change up a little bit there too so there, the opportunity is there. If you've ever wanted to talk about something live on, you know, nationally syndicated radio, why uh, this is probably your your I, best I remember, bet. I remember there was a ladies' first policy. There used to be, yeah, yeah. and and a shrine yeah. of female listeners. There you go. Yeah, we had that too. So speaking of all of those things, let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh yes, um, um, can you hear me? Okay. Yep, I got you. Okay, I have to. I have to um, get off my. Wait a minute. You're gonna yeah. switch over? Yeah, go ahead. I I've pulled up an yes, article uh, that I'm just um I just wanted to say that um New Mexico, our state is gonna go get our first baby dump off box. Baby dump off box. Yeah. yeah, the dump off you know the before you could legally abandon a baby at the police station, mm-hmm. the hospital, emergency room, and also and some other places. Was it the library? I don't know. Or, or um, there was a fire department. Right. Yeah, fire departments then, are very common for this. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? But recently, like, um, there was a, a, a 18-year-old mother that dumped her baby off in the trash can. See? Yeah, and so, they- uh, Sarah, let me just stop you there. Uh, this is from KOB.com. Three years ago, and this is a quote from an article there, three years ago we did find a baby in the trash can deceased, so that's why we're really looking for different options, different ways, something that we could do to help raise awareness, Wickersham said. One of my friends sent me a video on safe haven baby boxes, and I sent it to the mayor, and I said, hey, this is something we should do here in the city, and it just grew from there. There are currently 99 baby boxes in six states, States in the United States. So far, 15 babies have been left in one. Each box costs about $10,000 uh, to install, but Safe Haven Baby Boxes raises donations to cover the cost and donated the one for Española in New Mexico. $10,000 sounds like a lot of money for what essentially is a, uh, a large bank drop box. Uh, presumably, it has to be put in some place where somebody is going to be almost all of the time. I mean, you don't want to, uh, you know... 
Yeah, it has to have some sort of monitoring, whether it's human right. monitoring or It would electronic. be bad to put it in, say, a bank um, where somebody could drop off a baby at 5.30 on a Friday and yeah. then just be stinking up the place by uh, you know 9 a.m. on Monday. Sarah, is, do you is know... Is this something we want the state handling? Well, I don't. But Sarah, do you know where this baby box or baby boxes are going to be? Well, I know that it's got um, like a camera inside. So there's a camera that's going to okay. be monitoring monitoring. So I don't know exactly where they're going to put it, but like you said, like a fire department's open 24 hours, police department 24 hours, hospitals um, 24 hours. But for some reason, they they already they already can drop these babies off, but they won't do it. But if they make Probably because of the lack of anonymity. Right. That's, uh, that, I think that's what the baby box is about, is, is the increasing the anonymity. Nobody wants to be the mom who's, like, giving up their baby. Um, and, uh, I mean, I can totally right, see right. not doing it at a police station, right? But like, that's not isn't gonna... everybody wearing masks in New Mexico still? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I was asked pretty to much. On today. Yeah, pretty much here. But, but you're right. It's just that this has to be, like, in a place where you you're not noticed other people are not sitting there in a waiting room looking at you come in oh that woman came in and dropped off a baby and walked off that that kind of stuff and what's amazing is that they found a baby thrown in a dumpster like about a week ago um and it was alive so it made the the news for like about like a a whole week they talked about it was it local it turns out it, it was it was in Hobbs or something in one of the the Roswell Roswell I think. Okay, that sounds local. But the thing is that in Espanol they had a, they found the baby dead a couple of years ago. Right, we just so talked about it that. Never made the news. I I, okay. I just think that's kind of ridiculous. If they find a baby that's dead, nobody cares about it. But they if they found bit. if they found a baby that was bleeding and dismembered, then it would make the news. And thanks oh, for the call, Sarah. Man, because Way if to open up that can of worms, if it bleeds, it leads. That's what okay. I'm saying. When it oh, comes, I thought to that we were media. talking about alien uh, um, autopsy. Oh well, okay. It's we're talking New Mexico too. I guess we yep. could be talking about Roswell alien babies, specifically. But, um, my opinion on these baby boxes is from time to time, human beings are either mm, uh, poor enough human beings that they're like, they're like, I got to get rid of this thing, or they're thoughtful enough that they're like, I in no way can take care of this little tiny human being. And there should, in my opinion, be an avenue for that. There's very few times that I will actually say that uh, organized religion is good for something. This is one of those things that I think the perfect place for something that resembles this type of a service or product, which, you know, in this case, a baby box, uh, this should be all handled privately I by would be, churches. If, like, I've, I've never been a, um unwed mother, but... Um, so far. Twer- <laughs> right. I, I, it I seems like the chances are low. <laughs> of all the things that Mark could be in the next, you know, Follow 50 the science, years of his ben. life or whatever, an unwed mother seems unlikely. You could be that tomorrow with just the simple words of your mouth. You're right. You're right. I could claim to be a woman and then uh, somehow get a child and then be unwed. Um, yes. Anyway, I'm not thinking this is going to go on. And so I would probably be most comfortable personally with going to a church yes. and handing my child to somebody and saying, and that person saying, look, um, you know, 
we understand the position you're in. We're going to take very good care of your kid, and we don't even want to know your name. Yeah. Thank you so much. It, it is interesting that there are... But that's not to say that I don't think that it's... I mean, if if about 30 kids have been found in these boxes, then put in a box. Yeah. It, it is interesting that at times the church has acted as a firewall between people and the state. Yes. Uh, and this, I think, is one of those times that would really come in handy for the church to do so. Yes. So that they're, you know, if there is somebody that, you know, they want the anonymity, yep. they know that, you the know, pastor. They, so if you, if you want to solve this problem, have the lawmakers pass a law that says a pastor and any member who works for a church or happens to be at a church geographically and accepts a baby from an unwed mother has to give no testimony as to the identity of that person. The baby boxes themselves seems unnecessary, as you as you guys have said. There's other solutions surrounding it. Yeah, but yeah. there's thirty babies but, have been found in them. But there's but there's also like some things in society should be sh- done, and you should feel some shame doing it. Okay, I I, I, I get your point. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. What do you think of these baby boxes? And would you put your baby in one if you were trying to absolve yourself? This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Rich Rich and Mark. Uh, we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or this organization. Okay, right? This one's okay. Should we? Should yeah. we have improved? Okay. okay. Till uh, February the twenty second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time, it's available on an exchange. You can create an account at xmarkets.com. Exmarkets. Dot com with just an email address so you can keep your privacy intact. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin. You can trade them for Tether and then buy ITR. ITR is the Intercoin Investor Token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision over at intercoin.org. And now you can buy or sell ITR on xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. All right. Did we have anything more to say about these baby boxes? I, I think that um, of, of all the things that governments spend money on, and I believe, by the way, these are charities, actually, that are making these baby boxes, uh, baby drop-off boxes. Yeah, it's well, at least this article alluded to the money is raised by some charitable organization. Right, so charitable organization raises it. $10,000 is like an outrageous sum to cut a hole in the side of a building and put a little swinging door thing in, uh, but okay, and um, presumably there's something more that goes into it. There's some monitoring and that kind of thing. So I'm for anything that results in fewer um, accidental deaths of babies. Yes, me too. However, I, you know, the state should not be. Yeah, I have my problems. I have my problems with organized religion. I really do. I became, you know, we'll call it non-theist, atheist, whatever you want to call it, agnostic. You know, some people have a different opinion of what I am including myself from time to time. But I, I sort of, 
uh, absconded from organized religions many, many moons ago. Uh, and then I became what I call anarchist for the exact same reasons, because these organizations continuously argue with each other. Nobody can do anything. You know, they can't get anything straight. And each one thinks their way is the best way when the truth is it should be up to the individual. Right. Uh, governing yourself. It just should be the norm. Every human being on planet Earth should govern themselves. I've made the statement before with your organized religion thing that. We always talk about on this show, like getting the state out of education. Yes. Right. Well, who's going to fill that gap? Immediately, it's likely going to be organized religion. Yeah, very right? much so. Because they have the right. money. So if you get rid of state schools, you're going to have more religious schools. And then you're going to have those people growing up, not statist, but religious in some form or fashion. Sure. And, and but that would be that, that would be immediate, right? Yeah. But then within that, hopefully, there would Maybe. be some entrepreneurs who are like, you know what? We need non-denominational education. People want that, right? I, I certainly or, do. Or private tutors could just employ themselves and, you know, take care of, you know, sure. they, they determine their class size by how many kids can you handle personally, sure. right? But if you're talking about indoctrination... Yeah. Right, you have you're going to have religious people going through religious indoctrination, and then breeding more religious people to go through the religious indoctrination. Right, well, I don't know everybody in my graduating class from uh, Braden and Christian. Uh, I left there in eighth grade, but a friend of mine also left in eighth grade, and both of us are, while not uh, atheists, I'm certainly not. Um, but we are not members of an organized religious. He describes right. himself as a pastafarian, which you know is just kind of a joke um, of the old flying spaghetti monster thing. But at the same time, does believe in some kind of entity. And I'm a Quaker, which uh, you know I would say I'm not in an organized religion. I'm a Quaker, yep. which would makes all the Quakers laugh. And you know, uh, all truth be told, uh, Reverend Captain Kickass is not a lie. Uh, Captain Kickass is ordained by the Church of Spiritual Humanism. And their entities of worship are reason right. and logic. And libertarians come out of public schools too. I mean, right. It's they're, so they're the they're the exception, not the. All rule. I'm saying is that in the circumstances that we find ourselves in in the year 2022, I would much rather have uh, something like a church. Uh, fire department, volunteer fire departments, specifically not funded by state departments, yeah. uh, handle something like, uh, you know, some somebody who needs to abandon a baby for some reason, than I would the state. Like yeah. I just think, you know, it's a little less likely for something to go awry if the state takes over having had some experience with state foster care and that kind of stuff uh, i personally just i do not advocate for the state handling children at all period and i don't think handing off a child shouldn't be made all that easy to do i um i, I think that people who are ready to hand off their children that it should be easy to do okay if you're prepared to do it Sure. Then it should be easy. Yeah, but if advertising you make it easy it, to do, more people will choose to do it because it's easy. And what are the and what are the uh, results? Are the people who manage that you managed to get to keep their child? What is the likelihood that they've done a good job parenting eighteen down years down the road? I'm not saying they have to keep it. I'm just saying again. Well, you just said that should, if you make it easy, impossible. that uh, more people uh, will do it. Yeah. And I'm asking you, of the people that you make it e- for whom you made it easy enough that they changed their mind, they went from um, not keeping a baby to keeping a baby. So there's there's that that group in the middle. There's the ones that are definitely going to give up their baby and they're going to do hell or high water. They're going to do so. There's the ones who are definitely going to keep their baby and nothing's going to change that. But then, then there's this sliver of people. There's probably one mom a year that that if you make it easy, she gives up her baby, and if you don't, she doesn't. 
That mom, I'm asking you to look 18 years down the line at that child. What do we have? Is it an asset or a societal asset, or do we have a societal, uh, you know, problem? A leech, yeah. Lots and lots of money. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I agree that if cities continue to install these things and they become more popular that people who didn't know this was an option now know it's an option and you might see an increase in in people doing so that is definitely a possibility and i will agree with you richie i find the no i would find the notion shameful and i kind of feel like I, i i i hear that but at the same time i'm like you know this is where we just have to button up Okay, and not say anything. All right, you know, like that's that's I, I think from a uh, from a you know if you're looking at this, what are the results of the situation? Should it be shameful? Well, I kind of I got you, man. It is. It already feels shameful, and that's why it's um, people don't want to give it up at a police station. They want to give it up at a little box on the side of the wall that Here, they can run away from. Here's a uh, I'll call it a practical reason for anonymity. Um. Oftentimes, uh, particularly with adoption or something like that, where there's an arrangement made between somebody who's got a baby or going to have a baby and people who want a baby, uh, there's mother's remorse. And at some point on down the line, the mother decides, oh, you know what? I want my baby back. And it's been years or whatever. And it creates a whole bunch of turmoil, not only for the kid, but for all the families and all that involved. If there's some anonymity involved with you know the ability to i mean they have to understand you're giving up your baby you're never going to see it again through because there's an on or anonymity involved right uh, when whoever it is is dropping these babies off they have to understand that there won't even if you feel remorse you're not going to be able to find your baby i found my mother who gave my birth mother uh after 48 years that's right you do a, a 23 and me or something like yeah. that and you're like oh look you've got oh that's my mom from my birth mom and but you don't find out until years later that's right. So I think it's better off for the children to have to not have that sort of turmoil in their lives. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Yeah. Yes, come on and say happy Free Talk Live anniversary to one of our co-hosts here, Mr. Richie Rich. Yep. Three years? Uh, I, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday 2019 was my first year. Congratulations. That's a long time. Yeah. Three years of being on Free Talk. And I know you do. What's your uh, podcast? Promote? The Anarchist Experience. Where can folks find that? Yep. Uh, anarchistexperience.com is nice. the best place. And then, you know, favorite podcatcher. Whatever. Nice. Well, congratulations on three thank years, you. man. Yeah. We, we thank you for your service. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Our telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Rich, Rich. And Mark. Uh, we've been talking about these baby boxes that are being installed in cities, and it's literally so uh, if somebody wants to abandon their baby, uh, they can do so. Uh, I have said that uh, this should not be state-funded. Uh, there should be... And pretty much they're not. I uh, mean, I don't know if... Right. Uh, or, or state handled, like the money is being raised to put these in places, but it, you know, I, I'm just saying I'm against the state handling. Well, you're against the state handling anything. Well, okay. But, but what I would say is, is that the, um, I mean, so, you know, surprise, <laughs> Captain Kickass doesn't like the fire department at all. Um, I like the fire department. Well, the volunteer fire department. The volunteer fire department is built by taxpayer money. Not all of them. 
almost every single volunteer uh, department well, in that's America. A, that's a problem with uh, you know the the business model, not the. I uh, hear you. Uh, um, it's the, we we don't have a problem with putting out fires. We have uh, you know the the funding mechanism. I get that uh, with in the absence of the state, somebody would build fire departments, but yes. we don't have the absence of the state. And what I'm saying is is that um, firemen are m- much more likely to be in a fire station. 24 hours a day, seven days a week yeah. than, say, bankers are at a bank or even uh, McDonald's workers at McDonald's. Yeah. Um, so Put it I, at the Waffle House. If, if they don't get go- closed for a hurricane. And until they close the fire department, I say, sure, have baby boxes at fire departments. Right. And, and then Richie Rich opined that if you're abandoning your baby, that there should in in his opinion there should be a shame factor associated with doing so i've decided yes. that like I, a societal shame factor i, I was giving be. him the, the the benefit of the doubt on this one because i kind of feel the same way um but i've decided no you should be ashamed of a lot of things but if you're ma- mature enough to say at you know whatever age you are that you can't handle a baby you should be lauded Somebody wants that baby. The demand in the marketplace for that baby is high. It does exist, so if yeah. you don't attempt to, you know, flush it, you know, cut up pieces and flush it down the toilet, or doing something far uh, worse, then I'm going to go ahead and say I'm abandoning the shame aspect on this one. I will agree with Richie that many things should be shameful that are not. And we don't know that just because there are baby boxes and somebody abandons the baby that that person does not feel shame. It's impossible well, to Well, they know. do feel shame. The question is is whether the shame would prevent them from using the baby box. Right. And at this point, baby boxes have been used 30 times in three years. I believe that's what Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that everybody who used a baby box would, in fact, have kept their baby had the baby box not existed. Some people, per, you know, would obviously, as many people as possible, are going to run to the anonymity as they can. Right. So, But some percentage, presumably would have kept their babies and uh, raised them in the best manner they could, which was probably terrible, and they probably are going to have terrible results. But that brought us to some, you know, during the commercials playing, we were talking amongst ourselves about, well, should other things, you know, in society uh, have shame attached to them? And one of the yes. things that came up was, yes. was homelessness well, and whether or not it should have shame attached to it. I Well, there were other things first. Homelessness was part of the result of that yeah. so what has what has become acceptable in society is taking handouts from the government whereas in the past that was a shameful act right right when you had to, when you you know parents or grandparents had to like open up that book of food stamps at the grocery store and their neighbors and their fellows went oh could look see it. could see it yeah they're on food stamps Right, that was a shameful act. The first time I saw a food stamp, it was a one dollar food stamp. Um, I'm like, I didn't know they made travelers checks in one dollar amount denominations. <laughs> I had no idea. I'd never seen one before. Uh, but for, then we made it. I easy. was, by the way, a, 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 a chronological adult at that point. But then we made it easy. We we called it an EBT card, and now those people have the anonymity yeah. of just using a credit card. Right. Right. Yep. And and vastly more people use that stuff. There's no shame associated with Agreed. that. Agreed. Anymore. And um. I think that 
probably some people are pretty proud of their uh, EBT cards and would be Even happy to worse. tell you. Right. That's uh, and that's that's what I'm saying. I think that there is the central uh, the, the 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 kernel of your argument, and I think that it is. And I agree with that. Is that how do they achieve that? Like I I've known um, a single time. mother. I've known a single mother who was on what they call WIC mm-hmm. W I C, and yeah. she had that same. She's like, oh, I'm. She was all super proud yeah. of being on WIC. I'm poor, which, so I get money. Which what it meant was I'm, I'm I'm poor and can't afford this myself, and so I need to take a handout from the government. Right. How do you how do you get pride out of that? I the think, moral degradation of society overall. Well, I think that it, we've turned them into entitlements rather than charity. Okay, so when you had to go to a church and say, "Hey, look, things are really going badly," yeah, and I know you guys have a fund for this, and my family needs it. That's when you're asking, and asking is a more shameful act than demanding. Right. And if you've been told this is yours by right, then you're in the entitlement realm, and that's the issue. So now, mind you, when we talk about welfare, I think it's always fair to mention that there are there's plenty of corporate welfare out there, and mm-hmm. subsidies uh, for all kinds of industries yeah. are the same thing as far as I'm concerned. That rise or fall, you should make it on your own two feet, and if you can't, then that's what charities are for. Even right. corporate welfare is celebrated by a lot of you know people in society. Uh, well, what do they say about farmers? They only bury them three feet deep so they can still get their arm out for a handout. Okay. Their hand out for a handout. Get the, yeah, so something like that. It was, it was, it was welfare. <laughs> and then um, uh, harm reduction when it comes to, like, drug use. Right. Right? Because all of a sudden, you know, the, the whole Biden crack pipe thing is all uh, in the news right now. But it's still, you know, government funds going like, well, as a, this is part for you, Mark, as a society... Right, we're looking at long term, and if we let these druggies go out and pe- spread disease, right, it costs society more. Yes, they do. They have so that. we're going to do harm reduction, and we're just going to give them free paraphernalia so they can do it safely. And then there's no shame, yeah. right, associated with the drug use, the the rampant drug use. Well, they're going to get help, and there's no effort to uh, throw them away in the right location so that uh, you know these these hypodermic needles end up in places that oh, and they do. Nobody wants uh, to having see lived oh, yeah. having lived in Seattle, Washington for a couple of decades. Yeah. I can tell you that I have never seen more discarded needles anywhere than I have in right. Seattle, Washington. There were uh there the last place that I lived in specifically I was much closer to the heart of, you know, the yeah. downtown area. I was just outside of the downtown area. And there was this little spot between the building that I lived in and the sidewalk and it was kind of on a hill. And that thing would just fill up with needles. You know, the junkies would walk by and just I don't know if they're dumping like bags full or whatever, but like it would get cleaned up by the property owner a couple times a year or something like that. And I would notice, and then over time, it would get filled up, and there'd be needles everywhere in just this little area between the building and the sidewalk, because it, it, it kind of dipped down. It's hard to describe, but it was a convenient place for people to dispose of these things. And I don't think we're going to make the case that, oh, if a drug abuser or drug user who's addicted, an addict, right, has the maturity to go get his you know, paraphernalia from the safe it's a safe drug place, that, yeah, there should be no shame in that because he's displayed a level of maturity in going to a safe place as I, opposed to... I was in uh, Istanbul, um, Turkey. Constantinople? Uh, <laughs> they didn't mention it that uh, concept in a while. That's there. somebody's business but the Turks. Indeed. They, um, I was there earlier this year, and there was nearly no homelessness. 
Now, I've been in wow. other places in Europe and all throughout the United States. Homelessness is rampant. Yeah. There is nearly nothing. And the reason is, well, they don't, they don't support that. They're not giving you handouts there for that. Coming up, we're going to talk about how you can get paid to be homeless in this city. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Yes, you are listening to Free Talk Live. Started 2013. 2013? Bengals. Oh, that's the score. Uh, the year is 2022, just so Richie Rich doesn't, you know. Mess up our archives. Yeah, or or, <laughs> or make you think that you've gone through a time-traveling vortex somehow, you know, or you're having some sort of... Uh, that happened to me. What's the, what's the thing called? The... Uh, Mm, Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears, the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. Yes, or the Mandula effect, depending on what universe you're in. <laughs> Correct, mm. yes. I don't know. What were you saying? I said that the time traveling vortex thing happened to me. It happened to you? Yeah, indeed. I was uh, dethroned from my intergalactic space throne, and I ended up uh, completely naked at the CERN, uh, CERN Large Hedron Collider in 2009. That actually happened? Yeah. <laughs> Picks or it didn't a, happen. A story for another time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to cover that uh, the next next time you visit. Maybe uh, this is free talk live in the studio. It's myself, the captain, Richie Rich, and Mark. The telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you'd like to join us, uh, we do have archives. Uh, speaking of which, and they've been on library uh, for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized blockchain based media sharing protocol, and we're very big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video-sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. That's the truth. And well, has been taken down multiple times. We kind of... Well, well, it's been sort of deactivated, but like they haven't like completely erased the channel. Which yeah, we haven't been thrown into the memory hole yet. Free Talk Life like Chumbawamba. They get knocked down, but we get up again. We do. And well, we might as well. I mean, we're, we're, we've always got some video going somewhere. Nothing's ever going to keep us down. Uh, thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to odyssey you can watch live or anytime on our odyssey channel just by visiting video.freetalklive.com if you want to go all in download the desktop app at lbry.com and then every video archive you watch you'll help to seed and keep it online forever at minimum we just ask you to visit video.freetalklive.com follow us on odyssey today again video.freetalklive.com what were you saying uh nothing he's not the sharpest tool in the shed I made the Chimbawamba joke, and then he carried on with it. I did. Yeah. I carried on my wayward son. Yeah. There was peace when you were gone. Then I laid my reary head to west. <laughs> Le- re- 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 head to west. Yeah. Something like that. Leary head to rest, yes. What did I say? Leary? Leary head to west. Dennis Leary? I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane <laughs> while people behind me are going insane. Sometimes I park in handicapped spaces while handicapped people make handicapped faces. <laughs> 
What do you do with public toilets? I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't say the chorus of that particular song here on Free Talk Live. The FCC frowns upon it. Yeah. Yes, they do. They they frown upon a great deal. Interesting that an organization, uh, at least the there's two parts of the FCC, right? Like a, the one part is, is are you sending radio waves in the wrong manner? And the other part is, is did you say something naughty? on the wrong radio waves. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, lots of naughty things travel across Wi-Fi, and that's radio waves. However, um, radio waves on the radio, as if, like, think about it, ladies and gentlemen, how many children are listening to Free Talk Live broadcast from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m.? Like right now, it's 9 p.m. Eastern. How many children are listening to Free Talk Live on the radio? Well, I don't know. I I did a bit of an experiment by uh, this holiday season, this past holiday season, uh, by announcing that Santa Claus is not real over this particular program. And I'm like, children, if any of you are listening, Santa Claus is not real. It's your parents. One guy called in (laughs) 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 to be like, Captain... And like, he's I think like, it's rude. He's like, I'm disappointed <laughs> in you. He's like, I know you're just saying the facts, but I'm disappointed. Yeah, nice. So one guy called in. So we're I keeping think Captain off should... the air at Easter then, right? Is that... What's that? We're keeping Captain off the air at Easter? Is that... Yeah, I suppose okay. that's the case. The Easter Bunny's not real. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, you know what else isn't real? The government doesn't care about you. You know what else isn't real? <laughs> the little the little Cupid guy on Valentine's Day. Ooh. That guy, not Cupid? real. Cupid, yeah, okay. not real. Doesn't exist. Well, is he a Cupid or is his name Cupid? He's Cupid. Does it matter? His well, he said Cupid. the little Cupid guy, and all of a sudden I'm yeah. concerned. It, and it doesn't exist. So. You're the little like, richy rich guy. Yeah. Not so little. Well, all right. In all the right places. Uh, oh, I, I get paid to be homeless in San Francisco, says this headline. I've talked about this before, before I yeah. start in well, this I think article. This has but, been talked about in a uh, hundred different ways and uh, well, a thousand different places. In Seattle specifically, because I, I have experience having lived there. Um, oh, I went to other, Portland, um, which has got to be the very same. worst of this. I actually saw somebody with a um, eviction notice on their tent yeah. on the sidewalk <laughs> out in front yeah. of a post office. Yeah. And I don't even know what to, to, to make of all this. The idea that anyone would take the time to ev- to put an eviction notice, a 30-day eviction notice, on a tent. Other cities will buy one-way tickets for their homeless and send them to Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Francisco LA, LA, right? This particular article says, I get paid to be homeless in San Francisco. It takes one phone call. An old school junkie says he moved to Woke City because he gets a $620 per month payment that pays for his Amazon Prime and his Netflix and his cops are like neighbors. So what's he watched on like a tablet, I guess, and then somehow manages to keep the tablet from getting stolen I mean, by his homeless you friends? Can, all that stuff you can watch on a phone. You so can. Phone, um, tablet, you know, whatever. So once again, something that should be shamed and shameful right lauded yeah this is this is absolutely i would concur with you on that um but i mean this is nothing new i will say that 20 years ago before amazon and before netflix and before all this stuff people would say well i i read an article that uh, homeless people can make forty thousand dollars tax-free by standing on the side of the road asking for money and i don't know whether that is false i'm not going to claim it's false panhandling i'm just 
claiming that this same the, the same envy of these people um you know has existed and i think the problem is is that they're allowed to be there well so we've just made it easy enough to do it so my stance on on this whole thing has been the default position of humankind you know when you when you fall out of your mom's vagina uh, onto whatever plot of ground you happen, she happens to be on. It's usually a while till oh, you hit the ground, but hopefully right. the nurse catches you. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm just making. I got you. An, I got an the illustration. Yeah, um, you oh, are poor oh. personally, sure. And so the default position of a human being is one of poor. You you have no wealth. You you haven't uh, obtained any You're skills. Helpless. You're help. You know all that kind of thing. So the question isn't. You know, what causes people to be poor and destitute? The question is, what causes prosperity? Indeed. Right. And we should foster the things that pro- that cause yes. prosperity. And we should, uh, to my mind, punish, oh, okay. shame, um, whatever the things that cause, um, you know, poverty. Or perpetuate poverty. How's that? Uh, perpetuating is that, is that poverty. Yeah, yeah. For you? Perpetuating is better because uh, poverty is the default state of existence, right? right? This, if you do nothing, you're poor and homeless. But this guy could possibly have done something, right? And could possibly the, do something. And still could possibly do something, but chooses not to well, let's, because let's, the state has made it so easy to Let's hit these bullet points position. and we can continue the conversation. Uh, James, a self-proclaimed junkie living in San Francisco, says the city's soft on crime policies and government assistance make it easy to be homeless. He shared how he receives $620 cash and 200 food stamps each month while he sells Narcan to addicts and enjoys streaming services on his phone. This right now is literally by choice. Literally by choice. He said it twice. If we're going to be realistic, they pay you to be homeless here, James said. San Francisco is plagued by drug drug addiction and homelessness. Mayor London Breed recently launched an emergency campaign to crack down on open-air drug use and drug dealing in the city's crime-ravaged downtown Tenderloin neighborhood. The city also opened a new linkage center that connects homeless addicts with rehab facilities. On January 18th, meanwhile, President Biden also aims to battle drug addiction with his $30 million, blah, 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 blah. Okay, those so, are the bullet points. I've recently been in San Francisco, uh, in the last few years, been in San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. And other than saying that Seattle had the very best comic book store I've ever been in, mm-hmm. I don't have anything positive to say about those cities and wouldn't move there. And this is what I sort of don't understand is, is why do the taxpayers of those cities continue to put up with this stuff? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You don't have to live where you are, people. It's true. You can literally vote with your feet. Sell it. Make your money. Cash in. Go someplace where cost of living cheaper. Ah, uh, but it's difficult. They're tied down by something or other. No, there always are. Our number three of Free Talk Live is next. been so far a two-hour tour and we are embarking we am embarking we are we 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 be embarking we're not dogs we don't bark this is free talk live 
603-283-6160 is the telephone number. You can take control of the airwaves. Call in. Talk about whatever is on your mind. I wanted to swing back real quick to this bit about Satoshi Island. I did tell folks that we would uh, tell them sort of the basics that we know. Yeah, I'm know, curious about this. That we know. But in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Bridge Rich. And Mark. So the quick and dirty here is uh, there's this guy, Mr. Welch. He has a 3 million square meter island, and which is part of the, uh, how do you say this, Mark? Vanuatu? Vanuatu, yes. Vanuatu archipelago between Australia and Fiji. He wants to turn it into Satoshi Island, make it a, you know, people who are into cryptocurrency can move there and make it into some sort of uh, crypto city. Uh, what he says, well, the way he differentiates himself from other types of this thing, and we've seen this before, Mark, you've been involved in a couple of these things, sort of these move here crypto projects, and there have been other people who have been wanting to, yes, I want to buy an island and make it a crypto island, that kind of a thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what we know already. So we're working on that myself right now. <laughs> is, uh, yes, we already own the island. This is from this guy, uh, Welch, uh, who's tweeting as Satoshi Island. He says, yes, we already own the island. Yes, we can develop as advertised. Yes, the government supports our plan. Yes, our team has relevant expertise. And they've apparently produced some sort of a uh, yeah, a sales video, if you will, like, a, you know, this is our dream. We dream of the Satoshi Island. And Man, if I was that guy, I would just be enjoying the tropical paradise and having the whole island to myself. I, I would, too, but. You know, maybe he needs some cash. I don't know. Well, also, there's, um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, what makes civilization is people. Okay. And, you know, I mean, if you want to go see a movie or have a steak or a variety of things that you may want to do, you really can't do that on his little slice of paradise that's completely unpopulated. You need a certain amount of people. He's looking for people that share his uh, vision. And, well, you know. It's been thought of many times. Now, just to, it's kind of what the Free State Project is. Just, if I could own an island, I could also own the boat that could take me to the mainland to get the steak at the steakhouse. Or the helicopter. Even better. Or there the are plenty of people who live boat. on islands who cannot afford the helicopter ride to the mainland or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, you know, How do they get there? They're not stranded. Are we shipwrecked people? No, I'm just saying that uh, as long as it's... So, traveling by boat is... Uh, uncomfortable, long, and in some cases, arduous. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you're talking about an island that's just sitting in the middle of, uh, you know, the, the Hudson River, then yeah, you know, New York City's not too far away. Take a boat over, no big deal. But if you're talking about an island, in an island nation, Vanuatu is composed of islands, we have no idea how far it is okay. to the to the next steak restaurant and there's probably there may not even be one in the entire country of vanuatu it's a pretty poor place we also know that he's a real estate developer with retired owns, okay <laughs> you know like but who owns like a 300 million uh was it kilometer square kilometer uh meter meter okay whatever three million square meters 320 uh, excuse me 32 square million feet. square feet right yeah Whatever that translates to into acres, I don't know. And Seems like he's got the funds. I was told there'd be Just no saying. math. So, you know, having looked at islands, all I'm telling <laughs> you is is that, you, you know, your islands can cost very, very little. Okay. You know, they how what's the elevation is the first thing that I'm asking <laughs> yeah, myself yeah. on this. 
I, I was just for fun looking at, like, I just went on my favorite search engine and put in, you know, real estate islands for sale. And then I found a site and I'm like, okay, sort by the cheapest, right? And yep. I found one for like 50 grand. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, that's surprisingly inexpensive Let's do it. to buy like a, it wasn't a big island. It was big enough. It was maybe a couple acres. Okay. You know, so big enough to like put a house on it, maybe have your family sure. on it and a farm, that kind of a thing, you know, but I was surprised at how inexpensive you could buy. But then I started looking at the things you guys are talking about, the logistics. How do I get supplies there? I'm going to have to buy a boat to go with it. Now I got to get insurance for the boat because I'm not having a boat without insurance. Right, you know how often and like how much is there internet? Do I, you know, know that right. it wasn't in this case? Supposedly, and- there's an island, and I can't remember where this is, but between two inside of a, it's it's right along a, a country line, and the island, you know, at two hundred year, three hundred years ago, a treaty was signed there on the island. The island's its own nation. A guy owns it. It's big enough to put like a building on. Every once in a while, he'll go out there and sit on it, but you know, he doesn't yeah. have water. He doesn't have electricity. He doesn't have internet other than a cell phone. You know, it's just camping. And on an island. Not, not, yeah, island not ideal. Yeah. This this isn't the this isn't a, your own nation. You know, this isn't it isn't Monaco sitting out there. It's just a rock. So my concern with all of these projects, and first of all, I have to say, uh, this particular project has fallen under some scrutiny by some internet folks who are uh, probably rightly so, yep. saying this could be a scam, right? It, right? it totally could be. There have been other people who have attempted to do things similar to this. I do have a square inch in Scotland. Uh, I, have, I have a square foot. Okay, square foot, is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. so that's why I'm a lord. <laughs> but, you know, it's in a nature preserve, and I can go there and visit it whenever I want, but I can't live on it because it's one square foot. Yeah, how do you know, do like, that? It's pretty tough. Anyway, um, uh, my concern with all these things outside of could it be a scam? Yes, do your diligence. If you're going to look into some, if you if you've got a bunch of Bitcoin that you're sitting on, listeners, and you're thinking of joining, the, like do your diligence, meet the people, you know, listen go to their pit, but uh, go there, you know, spend the time and the money if you're seriously thinking about some of this, but investigate it fully and thoroughly before you actually give people any money. So that being said. Uh, my problem with most of this kind of stuff is that uh, generally they go, yes, we want to create a place that's uh, not only a crypto mecca, but also more free. Yeah. Right. And well, just about anything is going to be more free by a libertarian standard than wherever people are coming from, especially if they're coming from places like San Francisco or New York City. Right. So the bit where he says, yes, the government supports our plan. Red so legs. far... Yeah, well, right. Governments are infamous for changing their mind about things, particularly signed contracts. Yeah, so um, Vanuatu, in all likelihood, does want him to. I mean, you know, they don't have much development going yeah. on there, so they probably would leave him alone. By and large, as they get more successful, they're going to ask for more money. Yes, yep. um, but you know, there's negotiations that can be had. Let's just remember that the government isn't the United States, Russia, and China. It's Vanuatu, yeah. which is barely much of anything. And, um, you know, negotiations can be had with these smaller places in ways that they can't with these larger ones. Sure, but those governments are still a gang. They are probably more closely resembling a gang than, like, the United States, for example. If probably you move cheaper to, to buy off. Yeah. What's that? Probably cheaper to buy off. Right, for now. But until the thing gets built and then it has some success oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden they come crawling and want more. 
Hey, and what happens if you don't give them more? City. If you, wanna... you probably should have contracts in place, I think is what uh, the answer to that is. Sure, and then they violate the contract, and then what? Well, um, in I can I can't tell you what's going on in Vanuatu because I can't defend a project that I don't know the specifics of. Sure. But I can tell you that with um, Honduras and the ZAs, um, this ZA is like a economic and educational development zone that they have there, um, and they're under siege right now by the government, the newly elected uh, yeah. communist government of Honduras. However, that communist government is finding some real difficulty in the way these things were set up. In part, they were included in a treaty with Kuwait. And now any violation of this ZA rule is something to be taken up at The Hague, and that's not someplace that uh, Honduras wants to end up. Well, or now, so it says in your contract, but we know that governments are force, and if they just want to do something, well, force, they go ahead Property and is force, and governments own their land. Property is force? Yeah. Property is just land. It's well, I'm just going to go take your car then. Property is it's theft. A chunk, it's a chunk of earth. I'm going to take your, your car. That would be you being a thief, which I don't believe you are, Mark. But you would use force to stop me. In self-defense, yes. Because property is force. It's it's component of property. Defending property may require force. That, that's the only way to get property. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. It's Mark. It's the captain. And Richie Rich. And we're here because, well, we're doing a talk radio show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves at 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, we already did that. Uh, I wanted to tell you, and I can't believe that, that we talked about it a little bit last on last night's program. If you missed that, go over to freetalklive.com. You can re-listen to any of our episodes. Uh, the campground for Pork Fest, that's the Porcupine, P-O-R-C, Pork Fest, uh, is sold out for this year already. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be huge. So there is, we'll call it the Pork Fest after party that happens every year called Fork Fest, F-O-R-K-F-E-S-T, that uh, I've been attending for the last couple years. And it's going on again, and it has not yet sold out. Uh, you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the sixth annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021 and looks to sell it again this year. Forkfest takes place the week after Porkfest, but is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge of the event. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists here in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest Forum. 
You can find links to all of that over at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. Again, ForkFest.Party. All right, so we've been talking about this uh, attempted crypto island and, you know, sort of what's going on with that. Um, Apparently, this has, according to the organizer anyway, this has support of the local government uh, and the ability to build and all that kind of stuff. The national government of Vanuatu. Yes. Yeah, such that it is. Uh, He said that he named the island from its native name, Lataro, and changed it to Satoshi, uh, in a nod to Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonym of the person who invented Bitcoin. Uh, he's joined forces with some cryptocurrency evangelists to create a blockchain-based democracy and the crypto capital of the world, or so he hopes. Uh, Welch will have to... Well, I don't think he's going to make the capital of the world, but I mean, perhaps he makes a really fun retreat for people to go. Yeah, it is currently, or was previously, marketed as a wildlife nature reserve home to rare giant crabs nice so i mean you know i don't know about you but uh i don't want the crabs and i really don't want giant crabs either <laughs> well um i'm sure wherever he's at this uh satoshi island of his is uh, is a beautiful place one of my thoughts would be what's the internet like um i want to know whether we have electricity how often how often is it on um, what happens? Do we do we flush toilets? What happens when we do? Wait a minute, Mark. Are you suggesting you want to wait until everything is set in place before you give it a chance? Don't you want to go there and support it up front and help build all that infrastructure early on? I'm happy to do that if I receive the benefits of doing so. Okay. But um, if I am just, you know, if I'm paying retail and not getting retail... Okay. I want to know what I, I want to look under the hood of this thing. Okay. Um, and by the way, that's what I'm doing right now with Coral Beach <laughs> um, in Utila, Honduras. So to answer your question, I've uh, just sort of you know skipped over some things here. It says that the Satoshi Island will succeed where other attempts such as Crypto Land failed because he and his partners own the island. They already he, own it. And he claims the development plans have the support of both the government and the local community. Yep. Uh, however, the Vanuatu government failed to respond to any requests for comment. Not a surprise. And Welch was unable to provide contact details for any current local residents. What he does say, though, is we're trying to build a community uh, in an interview over satellite uh, which uh, he was on the island, so there's at least a satellite link to the island, which currently has no mains electricity, no water, no phone, or internet connection. So there you go. No, yet. no infrastructure yet. Now I don't know what it takes to you know run fiber you know under some ocean from whatever the nearest oh it isn't easy mainland thing is i don't know how far he is from the next island um and that's not something i was able to look up uh elon musk's starlink that is a solution uh however starlink just had a uh, what two thousand satellites fall out of the sky that's true um, I mean, not to say that it's it's defunct or anything, but yeah. um, uh, you know, it is by no means uh, solid yet. Right, but it's one of those up and coming solutions for rural areas or island nations. So apparently, a sat can, phone works. Can you spell island. the name of the uh, the island prior to Satoshi? Yeah, let's find it again. So the it was called, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so you can microwave 
um, over distances, but you need to have a, sp- a straight shot. Okay. Um, and it will... Lataro, in- L-A-T-A-R-O. L-A-T-A-R-O. O. Yep. The, um, well, I found the island of Lataro, and it's uh, remarkably round. Um, and it is close, very, very, very close to... The island of Vanuatu. So this would not. This would be doable. There's a major road that runs along the side. You can put up a radio tower, um, and this I looks, imagine a cell phone tower wouldn't be difficult to plop down on the island. Yeah, I would think that you could do most things with. Uh, I, I bet you could put up 5G, and um, now you've got at least regular phone type. Well, internet, 5G is you know? pretty fast. Yeah, um, you're not going to run servers very much, but no. You can base your servers somewhere else and still have you know consumer level. What internet you need to have is you need to be able people to have uh, Zoom calls, right. um, Jitsi calls, you know whatever whatever their terminology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, TikTok says a stream. No, I, I'm just okay. Yeah, anyway. saying this is what people are going to use. Right, you got to get streaming porn to the island. Until <laughs> you have the streaming porn to the island, nobody's going to show up. Ironically, that might be what it takes because porn leads the way. When it comes to like new technology, yeah, the internet. Um, they, yeah. as they say, the internet is for porn. They do say um, that puppets, even. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, it's not too far from a little habitation uh, in Sharks Shark Bay. Um, so there's something that appears to be a, a village there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this so is, is like there are solutions to things uh, if it's a tropic climate. Yep. And there's lots of sun. Solar works for electricity. You can get batteries. That kind of a thing, you know, at least for your lights. You can, you could look into something like an Earthship. Uh, these are dwellings that generate their own electricity, their own. They actually do all their own septic and all that kind of cleaning and recycling of water, and provide water for each of the dwellings and that kind of a thing. So, so has Mark found his vacation home. No, no. I mean, you know, they can call me six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Would you move to a crypto island? More free talk live is next. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Captain Kickass. Reggie Rich. And Mark. And uh, thanks again, Mark, for you know popping by and sitting in. It's always good to have... One of the uh, founders of this show. It's great to be here. Be on air, particularly since you did it for decades and uh, built this show up. I'm looking at the reviews here for uh, Lataro, um, the island you're referring to, the Satoshi Island. Yes. Um, Yoop says, local guide, no public toilets, one star. (laughs) Well, I mean. This site is complete garbage. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair. In a completely natural world, everywhere is a public toilet. So it's almost as good as San Francisco. <laughs> almost as good, except you don't get paid 620 bucks. Uh. Uh, before we go on, I have to say thank you to today's amplifier. That is the Indie Gun Church. 
That's right. There is something known as Gun Church, and there is, we'll call it a chapter. It started out at my house. In in Indiana, uh, and so it is now the Indie Gun Church. A couple of those guys came up to ForkFest this past year and had a nice visit. Uh, it was a good time. And so those guys are a gold-level amplifier. That means they contribute some money to get this radio program that you're listening to right now onto more radio stations. We're on somewhere around 280, no, yes, 280 radio stations. We could be on 300, no, 180, 200? We could be on 300, last, 350, last I, I don't know. closer to 200 than 300, so if that helps you. I, I, we could be on a lot more. more. Okay. Yeah. I actually don't know the exact number. I'll have to check You're with our producers. You're looking at me like I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, at Mark, Mark, but he's got brain damage. So. I, I'm, I'm looking at this island, and I think it's just Mark, a, how many amazing... radio stations are we on, approximately? Uh, about 190. 190, okay. okay. So we could be on 200, 300 radio stations. We could That's be on all 200. Up to you. We have been on 200. Well, he said 280, close to 300. Hey, I'm, ago I'm, while you were I'm pitching unfocused. the AMPS program here, guys. I hear Come you. on. Yep. Come on. Sorry. All right. Please. So anyway, amps.freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the hosts, you enjoy the content. Be an amp uh, at amps. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. Get your chat right on air. And thanks again to the Indie Gun Church. We love you guys. Thank you. All right. You guys can carry on. Oh, I'm just reading the uh, reviews on this uh, uh, Latoro Island, and they're really funny. Um so, one star, no public toilets. One star, this site is complete garbage. Five stars. Very good. This island is really good. Me, E, <laughs> Nias, Brodus stayed on this island. It no. is very good. There's lots of car to smoke. Don't no. speak ill if you I mean, I love it. smoking cars. You envious. Now, read the, uh, the same sorts of reviews from, uh, what's the island here in Honduras? Uh, Coral Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just one second. I want this last one. Five stars. I have not been here. Been there. You <laughs> <laughs> have five stars. I've never been. <laughs> I don't know what the reviews are of Coral Beach. I could certainly look it up. I know that the yeah, just, uh, the know, restaurant what... there was the highest rated on TripAdvisor. Um, but while you're doing that, I just want to say that uh, some of the chatters have been saying things. Uh, one said, "I heard Bernie Madoff is back from the dead." And living on Satoshi Island. <laughs> Doubt that that's uh, accurate. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had a high school senior donate one to our city. Our city said no. So we went to the next city over and installed it, and it's been used twice. Oh, I think this is the, uh, baby, uh, box. the baby box Yeah, that they're talking about. Okay, I got it. Coral Beach Village on TripAdvisor. This is not the same site, which was... Uh, sort of comparable yeah. reviews, though, right? So, five stars, Coral Beach is uh, Utila's premier resort, blah, 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 300 acres. Um, there you go. So, five stars. I don't have reviews, but it looks like 90 of them were excellent, eight of them very good, and then one each of average, poor, and terrible. Okay, good. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have David in New Mexico calling. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Welcome to another episode of David Talk Live. Tonight's Excellent. guest, Free Talk Live. <laughs> What's going on, David? What's on your mind? Bernie, uh, the, the, uh, more on the uh, evolution of uh, stumping. But, wait, uh, wait, wait. Madoff, Was that more yeah. on the evolution? <laughs> Was there a comma in there? Uh, you can use whatever punctuation you like, but uh, yeah, you, you can. You can you get the drift. You get the drift. All right, go ahead, David. So, uh, what yeah. is stumping? But yeah, so and uh, for, what? What is what? stumping? You got to catch Mark up. It's kind of like so you, you will. You will. You will yeah, find stumping. out momentarily, okay. Mark, as, 
as our as our our, our tonight's guest, we will fill you in. Excellent. But uh, so I, I got to say, uh, Bernie Madoff, such a nice Jewish guy. What a nice Jewish man. You and, do love uh, talking uh, about the Jewish guys. Go ahead. Well, there, you can, the, re, the reason for that, Mark, I'm glad you asked, is because... He, he didn't ask. You were going to tell us about the David Talk Live. <laughs> I wanted to hear about something. It was, a rhetor- it was a rhetorical ask here on uh, David Talk Live. Since it's David Talk Live, David will uh, uh, use whatever little uh, tricks he, he chooses. So the Jewish people, uh, and let's see, my daughter is Jewish, um, and my father was not only Jewish, but was a, a Holocaust uh, Your refugee father, escapee. you said? My father, yes. Okay. So, but any, so if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to, uh, so then you're Jewish. Have a street fight, have a, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Were you adopted? How could your father be a uh, Holocaust survivor, presumably Jewish, and um, your daughter be Jewish, and, but you're not? Well, that, that's for another episode. We'll use up all of my time if we talk about that now. So I will remember to fill. I will remember to fill you in completely the next time, so that we don't use up all of David's talk or time on David Talk Live uh, talking about that. So, but to, to to finish my point before we saw the squirrel, the shiny squirrel, um, I was saying that uh, Jews are, and I gave you my street cred. So if anybody wants to have a street fight over it, uh, there's my street cred. We can have it out. Wasting so your time. Jews are, Jews, Jews are, Jews are, no, I'm not at all. It's not a waste at all. Jews are 2% of the population of the United States. Hello, hello, hello. Jews are 2% of the population of the United States, but they are approximately, oh, about uh, 80% of the Biden administration, for instance. So it's, it's relevant and people should know about it because after all, as a white guy, uh, many minorities have complained about me as a I white guy Jewish. because we, no, he's not Jewish. Uh, His dad's there's, Jewish. Here His comes the squirrel Jewish. again, shiny object. So, but anyway, the point is, is that uh, that uh, minorities complain about white guys having more power than they should. And here's another example of that. Moving on. So, so you're trying to turn minorities on the Jews. He was about to it's it's not very guys. hard. You guys are neurotic on your wordplay there. So the history of stumping. We've gone in the United States from uh, literally stumping. If you want to hold an office, you go, you know, get elected to something. You go to a the town, village, community, whatever, and you literally get up on a stump where a tree was cut down. That was cut down because many of them were cut down to, to build things, to make houses and, and whatever else was needed. So you get up on a stump. And any, all of the population that are interested would come out and ask you any damn question they wanted, and you, a, you would answer their question right in front of everybody else. And if you screwed up, everybody would know about it. And then and let's flash, fast forward to today. What do we have that's the equivalent of that today? Short answer, nothing. Because the, only thing, that remains, the only thing that remains of that is candidates go on the radio and they take calls from callers. Like here in New Mexico, for instance, on K. KOB radio, or on this station that you're broadcast on right now on KIVA uh, radio, the rock of talk, Eddie Aragon. Uh, the last time that I called in a few days ago to talk to a, oh, coincidence, a Jewish guy that wants to be the governor of the uh, state of New Mexico, Jay Block, he came on, and I called in there, and they answered the phone, and uh, Eddie said to Jay Block, would you like to take calls? And Jay Block said, I'll take calls from anybody. And so then I come on, and the second that Eddie Aragon, the owner of KIVA, hears my voice and I identify myself, he hangs up on me uh, because he doesn't want to take a call from me. You just got to go in person and stand up and raise your hand until they call on you. And there's some you stand weird up and echo raise there, too. They will call on you eventually. Hey, well, David, thanks for the call. Hung up on. 
<laughs> Thanks for the call, David. Uh, that sounded like a rerun. I'm pretty sure I've heard that episode of David Talk Live before. But, you know, hey, more Free Talk Live is on the way. segment of tonight's episode of Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain, Rich Rich, and Mark. Alright, so just switching gears here for this final segment. We're going to do some fun stuff now. Yeah, Richie Rich, why would a zoo hire a Marvin Gaye impersonator to get monkeys in the mood? I think you just answered your own question. They would hire the monkey. They would hire the Marvin Gaye impersonator. I guess I want to know, did it work? Let's find out. That's that's the question I want to know, is, is that <laughs> if you go and sing Marvin Gaye songs, because I would think Barry White would be what uh, your average primate was into. I was going to say that, like, why wouldn't they hire a Barry White impersonator instead of a Marvin Gaye impersonator? Or perhaps the monkeys are into... Uh, Trouble Man? No, like saxophone, like some Kenny G, Kenny G or something. You know, I don't know. Nobody's really into Kenny G. I know, but I'm just saying that, like, how do they know the monkey's taste in music? Uh, so this is from UPI. The monkeys taste like pork. <laughs> and let's remember, everybody, as I like to say, human beings are just barely not monkeys. Yeah. Just We're apes. They're so apes, this should apes. work then. No, we are apes. Because we like Marvin Gaye. Uh, do we? As a, uh, as a species? Mean, do you know anyone who hates Marvin Gaye? No, I guess I don't. All right. All right the so, lovemaking in my household goes, goes on to the sound of pleading. <laughs> like goats and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <Just> Mark begging. <laughs> <laughs> please! Please! <laughs> All right. A British zoo aiming to bolster its population of endangered monkeys... Hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator to visit the enclosure and croon love songs. Because that's what these guys do. They croon. Yes. The, it's a lost art. The Trentham Monkey Forest in Stafford, England said, David Largy, an experienced... Maybe it's because mo- monkeys aren't supposed to breed in England. <laughs> I've never heard a monkey talk with a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I have. If humans are monkeys. Watch out for your joke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They hired this guy named David Largy, an experienced Marvin Gaye impersonator, who performed selections from the Soul Legends catalog, including Let's Get It On and Sexual Healing inside the Barbary Macaque Habitat. All those macaques. Macaques. Got to say it again. (laughs) Sometimes I have to use the word macaque. I'm sorry. There's, I think the best story about the macaque is how it uh, took a picture, and it was the center of a intellectual property dispute, and the judge ruled that the uh, the photographer that owned the camera uh, owned the picture because a macaque couldn't own a picture. Now, if I borrowed his macaque camera and I took the picture, I would own that picture's intellectual property, but this was a landmark case. Oh, but if you get hired at a factory and you make all the products, why does the owner get all the profits? That's because I get hired. Okay. So, also, uh, on the subject of Marvin Gaye's hit song, Sexual Healing, I've often wanted to open 
a mm, uh, Eastern food place. Uh huh. You know, fried rice, spring rolls. I call it. Call it Szechuan healing. Szechuan healing. Excellent. That's right. Yes. At any rate, uh, we thought it could be a creative way to encourage our females to show a little affection to the males. Oh, that's the problem? Hmm. That might not have been so lucky in love. (laughs) This is a zoo run by men. It's always the females. It's not clear. (laughs) The male monkeys just aren't getting enough attention. It's not clear that they're talking about the monkeys in this the (laughs) Maybe the male monkeys need to do the dishes and offer a massage now and then. How's that? It says, again, it's not clear they're talking about the monkey. They could be just talking about the zoo employees. We thought it could be a creative way to encourage our females to show a little affection to males that might not have been so lucky in love. Did it work for you at home, Mr. Zookeeper? Said park director. It doesn't hurt. Mark Lovat, L-O-V-A-T-T. Uh, he said on the zoo's website, females in season mate with several males so paternity among, amongst our furry residents is never known. Okay. That sounds kinky. Each birth Very is common. vital to the species with Barbary macaques being classed as endangered. Okay. I never hear human beings talk about, like... That's because oh, they're the, not endangered. The females are in season and must billion. mate, right? Like, that. I never hear about that. Really People are always fans. worried about which uh, females are mating and which ones aren't. I can, uh, but there just, isn't like the a source season. of a great deal of interest. There isn't like a mating season for humans. It's no, it's different. Around, yeah, you know? it's different. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, Lovett said. Not that kind of primate. Zookeepers expect to discover whether the visit had any effect on the monkeys when birthing season arrives in late spring or early summer. Oh, okay. they got to wait. So they don't even mark. know. The, the news is that they hired the guy, not that it, it had worked. any effect. It's just yeah. Couldn't you like, have the cameras going? Yeah, and they weren't see monitoring they're... the mating process here? There is a bit of a video here. I mean, if you're paying I, uh, money. I, I, now, admittedly, it probably doesn't cost much to have the Marvin Gaye impersonator come out. I mean... As far as a band goes, this isn't. Uh, first off, it's probably not yeah. prime time, so you can yeah. pr- likely get him at uh, you know two thirds the regular I'm price. I'm guessing like a hundred bucks or something for him you to think come he out called and a couple and said, songs. Like, you know, I heard about your primate problem. I think I <laughs> Maybe help. yeah, he actively like canvassed zoos. <laughs> was, like, was like, I heard that uh, you've got some problems with mating. Uh, I'm a Marvin Gaye impersonator, and you know I've got a track record of proven results. It's, <laughs> Marvin it's Gaye has a track buddies. record of proven results. <laughs> Well, I still I, I want to know where the Barry White impersonators are. I, it's his competition. I, yeah, indeed. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna help those guys. Double blind study. The double blind study. <laughs> Barry White at one. Well, uh, now we're closer. getting Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles involved. Come on, you might as well. Wait, do you have to be blind to be a Stevie Wonder impersonator? I no, you just have to shake your head around. Oh, okay. Now uh, I'm sure that people would find it more. Uh, believable if you were blind and that, that you were playing Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder. The but, Walt crowd would actually demand that be the case, though. Indeed. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to... Uh, what What do they have to say about the uh, the remake of uh, West Side Story that has a Dominican playing a Puerto Rican? If they knew that, they would probably be very upset. Okay. You should have hired yeah, a I, I'm Puerto a, Rican. I'm the a, lady can sing like the Dickens. I mean, she's Dickens? great. What's that? Charles Dickens? I'm not sure which Dickens oh, okay. exactly. Can, uh, Emily? What's that? Emily Dickens? I, I, That's okay. the only other one I know. Um, they're, they're the only two I know. I was in a, we'll call it a play, in uh, grade school 
of the West Side Story. Mm. And I... Were you Puerto Rican? Was, yes, indeed. I was, <laughs> this I, is... It's hard to find enough Puerto Rican kids in uh, 1981 yeah, in yeah. Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was one of those things where, like, I really had no interest in acting or being in this production at all. And it was somebody... I think the producer, whatever you want to call this person, the director of the play, whatever, was like walking around the school and like noticed that I had dark hair and dark eyebrows and dark eyes and like was like, you know, I bet you if we put like, you know, jeans and a leather jacket on him. Thank God you didn't say uh, a little brown shoe polish. I mean, like I I didn't ruin your political career. This was before they had this. uh, this tanning lotion you could put on your skin yeah. that turns your Why is skin, that acceptable? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. So is, but I'm glad I didn't have to wear any. all the way. <laughs> you look like a tan white dude, not a light That's what dude. you look like. That's what Justin Trudeau's looks like anyway. Man, that's a I, that might be a stretch. He looks like a guy with blackface on. The picture of him in blackface looks like a guy with blackface on that does not look like a tan. You're right. It doesn't look like okay. a tan. It looks like a guy with blackface on. Did okay. he get it by getting tan, or did he actually put blackface on? Oh, he put blackface on. Oh, I'm, I'm not familiar with what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Well, oh, this is, my goodness. Uh, Castro's illegitimate son who runs Canada. Allegedly. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh. I didn't see. He did, he did blackface? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. There's, He's a socialist. There's a, there's a, okay. There's a whole bunch of like racial stereotypes that he's dressed in costume as over the years. Why? Because it was acceptable then, and now it is not. How, how old is this guy? He can't be more than forty. Okay. So I'm older than him. I I've never had it I be acceptable an, to do any of that. I wore in my an Indian life. headdress. Uh, Cub Scouts. We did okay. that kind of thing. I mean, I did playing like cowboys and Indians. Yeah. yeah. You know that kind of a thing. I guess put the feather on. Sure. But is that really stereotyping? If you, I mean, you got to kind of look at the pictures and decide for yourself. Yeah. But he is, you know, they have they have pictures of him dressed in, you know, all sorts of costumes that would now be considered racially insensitive. Yeah. That I don't think was at the time he took the pictures. It's just more of like, look at his look at the character of this. Guy I just want to say that I think it's okay. Whoopi says it's not about race to to do those things in a comedic a comedic setting. Right. If you're a comedian, you know, then yes, that's that's all fine if you're doing comedy. Anyway, I don't think he's a comedian. We're out of time. If you missed <laughs> any funny. of the show, you can find us over at freetalklive.com. We're here every night, 7 to 10. Thanks and peace.